on the phone If you are obstacles, you just drop your code Cause one month you don't stop the show Little Mary's bad In these streets she done ran Ever since when the heat began I told a girl look here Calm down, I'ma hold your hand To enable you to peep the plan Cause you was quick to learn And we can make money to burn If you allow me to lay this game I don't ask for much But enough room to spread my way And the world finna know my name I don't Legendary hip-hop band The Roots We're recording this on Wednesday, January 20th Inauguration Day And it happens to be his birthday So we wanted to show him a little bit of love Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen Welcome back to Pod is War Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at ChairShot Radio Network In conjunction with TheChairShot.com Always use your head and use your heads, you shall. We ask, we implore of you, we insist upon you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt because we have something for everybody. We've got hashtag journalism, save tag team wrestling, my personal fave, Jesus did the job, and many, many other cool designs. We're recording this again on January 20th, inauguration day. If you want to still support the now defunct Platt Balazs 2020 presidential campaign, we got that t-shirt for you as well. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. It is inauguration weekend. If you type in the promo code President or Biden, you might get something off. I'm not guaranteeing it, but what can it hurt? ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by the very sheepy Andrew Belaz and the commissioner, Mr. PC Tunney. Uh, yeah, hi, yo. Hi, everybody. Hi, you. I'm sleepy now. Bye, good night. What happened? That, happened? that took like all of, what, 45 seconds? You no. talking about me? No, I'm talking about Andrew. Is that what she said? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you you spat that out way too quick. You've obviously heard that before. <laughs> In all hey, honesty, well, I have not. Hey, hey, whether it's forty five minutes or forty five seconds, you still got some ass. So shout out to you for that. Now I do have to bring up the fact that Andrew Belaz has a picture of former President Warren G. Hardy on his <laughs> wall behind us. I'm trying to ask, what the hell is that about? What is going on? Why do you have Warren on your wall, it's not sir? Warren G. Harding. It's not. It's not Warren Beatty either. Okay, this is what happens when AJ touches the computer too much and he changes the angle that the camera is now hitting. So now you get to see the antiquated ass fucking high school graduation photo of me, myself. 
That works. There we go. That, that, that was straight edge. That was straight edge, Belaz. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not drinking beer. I'm not drinking beer. I got my Jaeger. I got my Jaeger. It's good time. Wrong, sorry, wrong Warren G, my bad. Warren G. Yeah, my that bad. wasn't Warren <laughs> oh, that was oh, Warren G. But I'm sorry. Anytime you can play some Nate Dog, I'm not I'm not mad. So. I thought that was Warren G. I thought that was Harding regulators. That was my bad. Yeah, yeah, Andrew missed the joke, but I laughed. That was funny. <laughs> well, he played Warren G. We talked about Warren G on your wall. He played Warren G. Stop it. Stop it. I can't stop no. it. It already happened. So what happened after? So just to, uh, just to try to paint a picture for you guys. So Andrew is on the wall, clean shaven, <laughs> in a tuxedo, taking his high school graduation Whoa. pictures. Your so pictures. Don't act like it's different everywhere else. <laughs> I, didn't done, I didn't get done with my pictures there. So shortly <laughs> after that picture, Mr. Belaz had his first beer. And became the degenerate that you love to hate that is on this show with uh, us today. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of, I gotta have a beer. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> you should have used, like, like your fucking, like, uh, what the hell, like the Unsolved Mysteries voice. And be like, as you can see, back in high school, he was a clean-shaven, upstanding citizen. <laughs> then he was introduced to marijuana, or beer, or ecstasy, or molly, as some kids call it. And then this is why we get to the person you know now, Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> and it was shortly after that picture that Belaz <laughs> first descended into the realms of degeneracy. Was that right? I liked it. No, not bad, not bad. Appreciate, appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to get to topic one, or do you want me to keep dissecting your picture? Because I could do that for the next. 60 minutes. Gee, that That's the show. Plant dissects the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Some people dissect a frog in science class. Platt just goes hard on pictures on your wall. <laughs> oh, I, I purposely didn't go to school that day because I was not here for... Because we, we, we did a worm, so I was there for the worm. We did the frog and we did the cat, and I purposely skipped both of those days because I had no interest in dissecting a frog nor a cat. Did you say a cat? I said a cat, yes. I had to do a fetal pig. C A T. Yeah. Fetal pig. AP, AP yeah, for uh, advanced biology. Did you have, like, just an overrun of, like, stray cats in your neighborhood so they decided that was just going to be part of class now? That sounds racist, but no. <laughs> but that sounds racist, so fuck you for that. I'm not sure. It just hit my ears wrong. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> my spidey baby, my spidey senses tingle, man. I think yes. he converted to Judaism for the jokes. <laughs> Obviously, only pick low-income minority neighborhoods. To <laughs> I forgot. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to another edition of Chris Platt informs the world. I grew up middle class. You son of a bitch. I didn't say the ghetto. I just said minority neighborhoods. That's what I said. <laughs> On that note, because <laughs> I don't know where the fuck we're going anymore. <laughs> Thechairshot.com. Always 
Use your head. All right, gentlemen, it is official. We're heading back to Raymond James Stadium, and we're going to have some fans, apparently, is the announcement. Two nights, WrestleMania is going to be happening the second weekend of April here in 2021. Heading back to Dallas in 2022, and hopefully in 2023, SoFi Stadium, we get Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Let's reel it back in a little bit. What did you guys think of the hokey, kind of spoofy, um, makeshift, breaking news WrestleMania announcement with Hunter and Steph and John Cena? Frankly, I think it's hilarious that Vince McMahon is going to occupy Raymond James Stadium before Tom Brady. Ew! <laughs> had to get a little dig in there. You, you keep dig, thinking little... that. Just say it. Just keep thinking that. Little diggy dig. Little diggy. Just watch. So first off, I how, what did you guys think about the commercial before we get to the actual announcement? I, I it was hokey, but I thought it was cute for what it was. You act like I saw it, Tony. Would you like to illuminate? <laughs> what am I? Did I'm... you see this commercial or? Oh, you guys didn't I, see I it. I saw the announcement. I didn't watch the fucking commercial. <laughs> oh well, it's it's uh, Stephanie and Triple H at a news desk with for breaking news, and Hunter has a like a Tom Brokaw wig on and glasses. And I think his name is Hank Epanky. And then um, Stephanie has her hair up in a bun with glasses on. And I think she's Anita Mann or something like that. Anita Realman. Anita Realman. Yeah, there you go. And then <laughs> they, they, Roman Reigns interrupts and head of the table, blah, blah, blah. And then we kick it to John Cena, who we can't see at first. And his name is Hugh. Can't see me. So no, 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 you no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. What did I do? Sandwich between the head of the table. What did I miss? And the top guy in the industry for the last 15 years is the boss, Sasha Banks. Oh, I forgot. The announcement. That's right. The Dallas. They're thing. coming back. I forgot. Dallas. Yeah, I forgot. That's, Which was that's actually really probably it was probably the funniest part of all of it because she's there doing her, you know, Southern Texas Bell accent or Southern Bell, Texas accent and gets interrupted and just plays it off as if she knew what was going on the entire time. So she did a good job with it, I thought. Well, it, it reminded me of Keanu Reeves in Devil's Advocate, if you you guys ever seen that movie, because he's supposed to be from Florida, and throughout the entire movie, he's going in and out of his southern accent. That's kind of how Sasha Wait, You're trying to this tell me that young Keanu Reeves really can't act? No way. <laughs> I mean, another one. <laughs> I just wanted to give the boss props because they had Roman out there. You just compared her to Keanu Reeves when he couldn't act. How is that props? Because the fact that just like Keanu Reeves was in a movie with Al fucking Pacino, Sasha Banks was in a skit with Triple H with Roman Reigns, who's the uh, current top guy. Yeah, that. I get you. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I like yeah. that. All I was you, you focused on the accent and flipping in and out and bad acting, so I wasn't really sure where the fuck we were steering this ship. But I like how you saved it. I like your moxie, kid. I like it. You, you're good. You do your good job. Good job. I, I love the boss, man, but she gonna get these jokes just like everybody else. Is that only because Amber told you you have to start ripping on her instead of dreaming about her? <laughs> <laughs> I neither confirm nor deny. Thank you, guys. Just just like uh, my chances for buns after this, uh, after my parents listens to this uh, podcast. Yep. That's how it's, yep. You know, she, Anywho. Does, 
She's heard other episodes. I'm saying it on purpose. Doesn't that alleviate any pressure from you or any of the heat? Or does it make it worse? What do you think? You would think. I, I figured she'd start putting some heat on me and be like, why the fuck you saying that while you bringing it up? Like, I'm just saying, you, you would think that, you know, at some point in time, she realized that these are um, these are entertainment for entertainment purposes only, but uh, she hasn't got that far yet. Perhaps we need more than five listeners, and then she'll kind of get on board. Or well, perhaps I we don't believe you. You need more people. That's what she's saying to you. <laughs> you need more listeners. <laughs> or we just need to get her on board for an episode. That's what we need to do. I've been trying, man. She doesn't want to do it for whatever reason. She's not a dumb girl. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but she's personable, man. And she's she's funny. She's a good hang. Like, she'd be good doing this stuff. You, you know? guys should do more. Well, I'm, calling, I'm calling you out on the air. You should do more movie reviews stuff. Didn't you guys do that before? Oh, yeah. Wasn't it reviews with Cramber? Or yeah. Cr- it was, it was, we need Kriba to... and Chris oh. doing the Cree cre- creation, Creole, Creole summer, whatever it was. What I, was got a, I got a name for that. <laughs> I got a name for the podcast. What are you? Rejuvenating Kriba. <laughs> Rejuvenating Kriba. Somebody go get a vodka cranberry for Kriba. It's time for cocktails. <laughs> okay. Number one. Number one. It was cocktails with Cramber. And, yes. num- and number two, my baby don't need no no uh, Rudy Poo cranberry juice. You just give her a little bit of lemon. She'll squeeze a little bit of lemon in the in the thing, and then she'll take the shot straight. I was just gulps. trying to alliterate with oh, all that's, the CRs. That's, that's all. Oh yeah, that's where I was going to with it. I, I just went down the rabbit hole because you know it, it's one of Aesop's best best forgets when he couldn't remember Amber's name and thought it was fucking Reba. And I'm just like, wow, Creba. That's <laughs> where. How is she a Reba? Okay, that, that's the best thing. We're never forgetting this. This is how this works. Touche. <laughs> no, that was well played. No, I'm not mad. I just, you know. Yeah, no, I know. Good after the whole Sasha debacle. You do have to get into that, though. You have to get back into the whole movie thing, especially since, I'm you know, right. Chad has to sports entertainment and sports and entertainment. So, I'm, there you I'm go. Trying. Yeah, good and job I'm with one. that tag, okay. Andrew. <laughs> what? Good job with that tag. What? It's sports, sports entertainment, and sports entertainment, sports and entertainment. Oh my god! There's a lot of ants. <laughs> I just put the extra ants. I'm trying. Number I one, it's kind of fully punctuate a comma. You have to say and. A pause just makes it sound like I'm drunk. It could have been a dramatic pause. Yes, but I'm not that dramatic. <gasps> a pregnant pause. Who do you know? Who told you? <laughs> <laughs> I told you about hitting hookers raw. But no. I... Back to WrestleMania. Pregnant pause. Oh, we're talking about that? Real quick, I just have to say, I'm here for the two-night WrestleMania. It, it sure as hell beats an eight-hour WrestleMania, especially if you're there in the arena. I mean, it's hard to keep your energy up for eight hours, man. By the time the main event comes along, the the energy has just dissipated from the entire building, and everybody's just ready to leave. And then you got to worry about eighty melon farmers leaving, so that's a whole nother issue. But I'm here for the two night manias, man. I prefer two, three, three and a half, four hour shows to one long ass eight hour show. So I, if that if that's gonna be a thing now, I'm here for it. But the other two they announced, what, Texas and Hollywood, they're not two nights, right? They were just as announced. Of, as of right now. Yeah. 
But I mean, cards subject to change, brother. Right, you're right. And I do like the fact that WWE is going to make sure their two nights are a weekend, unlike my whole issue with Wrestle Kingdom being the 1-4 show. So it's 1-4 on a Monday, 1-4 on a Tuesday, 1-4 on whatever. So if they make it two days, then that's just in the middle of a week like a bunch of assholes. So, yeah. So if it's Saturday, Sunday, I'm not mad. So logistically, though, how does this work? So I'm, I'm assuming, okay, we have the takeover Wednesday night on USA. Uh, we do the Hall of Fame on Thursday. You got Friday night SmackDown, and then WrestleMania and WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. Does that sound about right? It could be, or they could just do. They could split the Hall as the lead in between the two days, because they. I think I read something where they were thinking about doing it all virtual, digital, whatever you want to call it. So nothing stops you from having a couple people on day one and a couple people on day two just to lead into WrestleMania instead of extremely long, pointless pre-shows where they talk about nothing for two hours and we get three job matches that no one cares about. No, you, you that's a good point, man. I didn't think about that. I, I totally forgot that shit's fucked up right now. And you're not going to have an arena full of fans at the Hall of Fame and all the, the current in-ring talent has to be there dressed up in suits and dresses and mm. shit like that. So... I like your idea. Yeah, that could work. There we go. I mean, that was that was positive. That was nice. We should end that first question there, where it sounds like we like each other, and then continue the show, and we can see how far it goes. I like this. <laughs> this is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, Podcast galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> you don't like that one? What the? Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I was no, just trying no, a new voice. It wasn't bad. I, it wasn't bad. I thought it was a recording. That wasn't horrible. <laughs> okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to play that, that back. Let me mark this. Bad. Uh, one. I mean, it, it wasn't one. velvet pipes, but that was good. I was All trying right. to do something weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> do, do the bumper like that. Do the bumper in baby voice. I don't know if I can. I try. This is the worst air time ever. I'm just trying to give Flat some time to watch the end of this overtime game. And now it's going into double OT. I appreciate it, though. Yeah, sorry about that, buddy. All right, well, let's get back to business here. Randy Orton apparently had his face fireballed off by Alexa Bliss, who is now the female fiend. Go ahead, talk about that. I don't know. I I didn't mind Vanilla Sky when Tom Cruise did it, so Randy Orton's (laughs) a different take, so fuck it. Why not? God bless Randy Orton. What's your favorite line? What's your favorite line from Vanilla Sky? Said nobody ever. Something oh, think... Penelope Cruz says in Spanish. No, it's something Cameron Diaz says to Tom Cruise. You fuck me, and then you—is that the one you talking about? That doesn't have to be my favorite. You don't know me. Don't you don't know my life? <laughs> you can't tell what, me what, what my favorite. You, what is it like? Didn't she say like you come in my mouth and then you so, kick me out or some shit like that? I think it's when he starts to like break up with her or like tells her what I, I can't remember the movie. It's been a while, but it, like something about where they're starting. She's realizing that she's not actually gonna be with him, and she's like, "But I swallowed your cum." Yes. Wait, was Aww. that Vanilla Sky Aww, or Cameron my Diaz? Last 
was Kim. that? What was that? I said, was that Vanilla Sky or My Last Month? Oh no, that was <laughs> what? Who's my? Oh, what? Well, who came in your mouth? I butt chug you know? salt water all the time. Oh. It cleans it out, man. It cleans it out. That's the best thing. Good so, for you, man. So hey, Randy hey, Orton and Alexa got... Bliss. My bad. <laughs> hey, man, you gotta pay for that roof somehow. But um, God bless Randy Orton. <laughs> oh, no, that's the best pop. <laughs> it came today. Giggity. It's on topic. If you get what I'm saying. <laughs> For the third time, he said, trying to get his point across. God bless, God bless Randy Orton because this is clearly dialogue that's written for him, and he's doing the Lord's work right now because he's making this dialogue seem entertaining and engaging, even though everything he's saying is like, "What the fuck? I don't know what's been what's been going on with Raw the last few months, man. It's just, I don't know, and I don't know where they're going now. They they setting motherfuckers on." Fire and I, I don't know, man. I've enjoyed Talk Raw. I've enjoyed Raw and SmackDown, to be honest with you. Well, no, we're not talking about SmackDown. SmackDown's been the shit, but you've enjoyed Raw. Sure, why not? Really? Yeah. Why not? Why? The That's whole... the question. I mean, Drew McIntyre's been really good. You got the New Day over He's there gone. now. They've been very entertaining. I mean, Xavier Woods just Kobe's came on there. I just was getting Xavier. God damn it! <laughs> they they don't know what to do with the hurt business. They just have them stuck in neutral. What else? Uh, retribution. That was a. It could have been some. They fucked that up. I don't know what they're doing with Rick O'Shea, AJ and his uh, male man buck servant. I don't know what. Do you feel there. like? Well, yeah. I don't know. That, I, that, there's a, there's a good thing to talk about briefly, and I, I want to get Andrew's opinion on this after you chime in, Chris. Is what 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 what's the ceiling and what do you see for almost this guy's gigantic they didn't give they didn't make him a heater for aj for no reason like i mean they don't just attach people to uh guys like aj styles if you don't have future plans so wh- where do you see them going with him do you think he could be a main event guy i mean do we need to see more of his personality obviously wh- what are your thoughts here early on with this with this guy being gigantic as he is I mean, if they do it right, yes, they should be able to make money off of this guy. He should be a main event guy. I kind of feel bad for him because I feel like he's the type of guy that would be perfect for the territory era where he could just bounce around and be just this big melon farmer. You ain't necessarily got to put a title on him because he's the attraction. He's the main event. Andre. I, I, you know, like Andre. Yeah, like Andre. But, yeah, I mean, they should be able to make some money off this melon farmer. And he played basketball, so he's got to have some modicum of athleticism, right? I mean, yeah. But Big, sure. Show, Big Show and Kevin Nash play basketball, so let's not just count on that. <laughs> Neither of them were athletic. And, but they, and, 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 and but they were, and they both became top guys too. Actually, I'll say Nash, Big, Big Nash Show did was a good job doing his thing. Big Show was athletic slightly. Nash is never athletic at all. I mean, his matches no, in the nineties no, is the Diesel is painful to watch. Was athletic. Yes, Big, the yeah, giant Big Show was, was athletic. Super. Not so much Especially the Big Show. Yeah. Well, yeah, the giant was athletic. No, no, that, cause that, that's my argument because yeah. I can say the same thing about Kali. Because Kali could actually oh move God. and he was decent in Japan. But then when WWE got him, he was shot and he was just a big dude who could barely move. So it, it depends. There's a ceiling on big guys like that because their, their flexibility, their athleticism runs out after a certain point. So unless... Well, the problem is, and this was the problem with Big Show, man, you can't see those guys every single week because it's the law of diminishing returns. 
you know what I mean? The more we see you, the more you're less of a big deal. Oh. I guess that's the problem with everybody in wrestling right now, but especially well, plus the big guy. Big Show became a meme anyway with the fact that he turned face and heel every 25 seconds. So, like, at, at some point you need to stop making the dude into a joke. So, to your especially point, when he's 72 or whatever fuck it is. To your point, Chris, like, I didn't want to get into it when you guys were, when we were doing the WrestleMania topic, but... Man, pay-per-views need to go back to being three hours, and whoever makes it on the pay-per-view makes it on the fucking pay-per-view. It's only going to make the characters of all these different people trying to get themselves over better because look what they had to do back in the day when you had way more talent right at the top of the card and you had way less TV time. You had to fucking get the fuck over or get the fuck out. And right now, there's too many people sitting on their lazy ass just going, well, I got to check. I'm in the mid-card. Who gives a shit? You know? And I, and I fucking hate it. That's why I don't need two nights of WrestleMania. I don't need six hours of a Royal Rumble. Give me three hours. Give me a half-hour pre-show. That's wrestling. That makes people special that are achieving their goals enough to get onto those shows. I agree with you. If we could get a one-day mania that's four hours long with a half-hour or an hour pre-show, I could tolerate that. Right. But the fact that we don't right now, I like the two-day because it's easier to digest. But ideally, I agree completely with you. I'll even that give it should you, be only for the top guys. I'll even give you four hours for the big four, right? But otherwise, we need to get back to where the in-between ones and everything else is just barely three hours, you know? you got to earn your spot in the limelight. That's what main event and everything is for. You want to raise 205 Live, you things like that. You want to raise the ratings and make people pay attention to that? Make that more important. Okay, so think about this from a business perspective. You can't go backwards. I get it. You you can't go backwards. No, No, you can't. It's just like why Raw will never go back to two hours, even though Vince McMahon and everybody at WWE would probably be happy to go back to two hours instead of creating three hours of content every Monday. Why would they? Because they're still making three hours of content, or they're still making three hours worth of commercial money and, and that's what I'm TV saying. I'm talking if the money didn't matter, and that's a world that nobody's lived in for the no, beginning but, of time. No. But I'm just saying the quality would be better if you got less. It's to making your own point. The law of diminishing returns. There's so much goddamn WWE every fucking week, and we talk about it all the time. You got to watch at least seven hours of WWE weekly to keep up with everything. That's a minimum. I'm not disagreeing with you, man. I'm just saying, think about it from a business perspective, man. You already have cannibalized your pay-per-view business, so nobody's getting pay-per-view bumps anymore, okay? House shows, I don't think they're going to bring house shows back. I'd be shocked if they brought house shows back. So there's really no way to quantify at this point in time who is and who is not a draw anymore because the the product is the draw, not the wrestlers themselves. Merchandise. No, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Advertisers. Hold on, let me finish. Let, hold on, let Your me, brother let, let almost me had to let chug me. that last Friday. That that's great, but let me finish. He did. So what I'm what I'm saying is the whole as thing. a company. God damn it, let me finish. Sorry. What I'm trying to say is the company is making more money than they've ever made before, and there's no way to quantify how much money that the wrestlers should be making. So wouldn't it behoove you as a business to try to get as many people on the biggest show of the year as possible so they can get that WrestleMania payoff just to keep motherfuckers from a mutiny in the background I'm and not, keep everybody happy and fat? I'm not arguing with you. You're absolutely right. I'm talking about making the content more quality. That's it. I agree. I'm saying in a perfect world, they could go backwards. Like, they'll agree with you that it's easier to do two hours of quality. It's why SmackDown's better than Raw, period. If they were both two hours, we'd sit here and go, which one was better? 
more more so than we already do i agree with you 100 chris i'm just talking about the quality of the content which everybody says seems to be lacking and i'm trying to tell you why that's it uh, that's fair man it, but it's the same reason that you know rappers come out with three albums worth of shitty content every year you know what I mean? it is it is the same reason is they're 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 no longer a wrestling company they are a content company they're a content creator at this particular point in time so the more content they can pump out the more money they're going to make and that's all they care about now i think it's going to eventually come back and bite them in the ass but i don't think we're going to see that bite for the next what 10 15 maybe even 20 years and by that time they probably won't be even be in the wrestling business anymore so, they'll probably sell so the shit let's, business let's just flip this then let's then. just flip this then since we're kind of on this whole low quality shitty things and why it's bad and what can make it better let's talk about something good alexa fucking bliss like that <laughs> fucking match that fucking gimmick it's a Adorable. The way, like, she reinvents herself. She's a pretty, pretty good actress. She's actually gotten better in the ring. Asuka put her over, like, any fucking analogy you can come up with. Where Asuka showed fear. Asuka actually looked weak. Asuka's strikes looked ineffective at different points when Alexa was going through her little transformation fiend things, talking to her invisible friend, going full bride of Chucky where she's trying to resurrect the fucking fiend and just, you know, kind of figure out how to get, you know, Bray's body back to put the fiend back in it or something like that. That's got to be the that's got to be the end game right there. But for right now, like this this weird gimmick of her transforming between messy lipstick and messy buns <laughs> to cute little cute little Alexa Harley Quinn kind of thing that she's doing to that match where she flipped in between from fiend mannerisms to her own weird kind of kind of thing that was cool like I, I don't know how you felt about it but alexa bliss is kind of a shining moment in wwe in general aside from like the roman re redoing his whole thing to being a heel and head of table alexa's right there too can i jump in real quick chris because i do have thoughts you on can. alexa bliss no um, no I, I like when he jumps in and plus chris also likes finishing the conversation i'll <laughs> make it number one he's pretty he's getting pretty good at this tony isn't he because that was a hell of a segue, was it not? <laughs> I have my moments. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I only had flowers for Algernon right now. Um, sorry, I didn't mean that. Um, Who's Algernon? You don't know the story? <laughs> is he the guy in my picture? Why the fuck does his name keep changing? Have you really How never heard that? Am I? Have you really never read no, no, flowers? I know, I, I, okay. I, know the, I know the book. I know okay, the book. Gotcha. Right. gotcha. Go. Gotcha. Continue, though. Um, to your point about Alexa Bliss and I'm sure Platt's going to probably get into this a little bit, is she's been pushed ever since she came on the scene. 100% every every waking moment that she's been available to do everything. And I think now that she's fully recovered... No, no, no. And now I think now that she's fully recovered from, I believe it was the concussions that she went through, correct, and everything. That's why she was not wrestling a lot and everything else. A couple of for like a year almost, yeah. And and now that she's back to full availability, yeah, they're just going to push her to the moon. Because, I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> she, she she's fucking hot. Not even that, though. But like no, the but it is. Work, yeah, and she's good. It. And she's good. And she's good. She's very good. So my thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it's similar to the Randy Orton argument I was trying to make last topic. Or, or actually, it was the beginning of this topic. That's how long we've been talking about this. <laughs> Where she's doing the best, just like Randy, she's doing the best with the, the content that they're providing her. And 
the thing with the character is they can only this is the problem when you're a publicly traded company it's supposed to be creepy but you can only go but so far because you're a publicly traded company not only are you a publicly traded company but the error that we're in right now you always kind of got to walk on eggshells because you don't want to offend anybody because it's going to mess up your your bottom line and the bottom line is the bottom line so you you, you know you're kind of walking on eggshells you're trying to be a little edgy but you can only go so far now at the end when she was flipping back and forth between the characters that shit was awesome i will give y'all that that was cool i didn't like how oscar was a bitch but it was cool. I mean, storyline wise, it fit with the, the the story that they were trying to tell. I'm interested to see where they go with this. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm interested to see where they go with this. I get it. Like she's the fiend reincarnated, or she's got the spirit of the fiend in her, or wh- whatever the case may be. It it hits me a lot like Bride of Chucky, where you know she was looking for to put the soul back into the Chucky doll and trying to bring him back, and that's exactly where we're at right now, where she's still talking to the fiend and can still see him somehow and she's got he's got a power over her be it a possession or whatever so she's probably going to find a new person or a new bray or bray's gonna come back somehow because she'll find a way to bring it back but i love the fact that oscar was a little a little punked out because it's perfect it's it's the same way you don't expect hogan to miss the leg drop against fucking ultimate warrior like you have one of the strongest legitimately badass chicks in that division who you know if she spins around and hits you with that fucking back fist your ass would drop man woman child old it doesn't matter who the fuck you are that's gonna hurt she throws some stiff fucking kicks and the fact that alexa just gets up or acts like her arms dead or she's like a little tweaked out or whatever the hell it was like that's good shit that's that's putting a new character a girl over because your your strongest character is invalidated against whatever this new power is. And that's, you know, that's that's a little anime, that's a little comic book, whatever you want to call it, but it works and it's it's fan fucking tastic. And Tony apparently disagrees cuz he's too busy playing on his phone. I I don't know, did they give a Golden T-Mobile app? Is that what you're in the middle of? Cuz I know you love it at the bar. Are you that sad? Oh, Tony, does we need to get you a golden tea? Were you talking to me? <laughs> no, we were just stating, and then you were over there on your phone, and I could see it caught Chris's eye. Because Chris is like, you motherfucker, you're just on your phone dicking around when we're making a point. Well, I'm just waiting for you to go on the next topic. I was done talking. No, no, it's fine. It's it's fine. Ignore us. No, this doesn't matter. It's fine. What when do you want me to do? moderator won't listen to what we're saying. What do you want How me do to... we expect to get listeners? How? Perhaps How? The right. Well, thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition. Did I miss my cue war. to go to the next topic? This is Pot is War, alms for the poor. Is that what happened? Apparently our own moderator won't listen to our fucking shit. Did I, <laughs> did I, miss, did I miss the cue to go to the next topic? Is that what happened? <laughs> Well, if you have been paying attention... I, yeah, I'm not going to tell you. You should know. No, no. <laughs> so does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, gentlemen. Relax. Now, if you're done burying me, put the shovels down, take off your boots, and let's get into topic number three. Hard to kill, Andrew. Yeah, it's not snowing yet. You're safe. All right, good, good, good. Hard to kill, Andrew. Uh... How much did you enjoy the actual pay-per-view? What, what did you think? I mean, I know I, I read your results and everything, and I know that you had some 
Um, pretty high praise for a couple of matches, but overall, I really didn't get the gist of how you felt. I think you partially enjoyed it. A little, a little uh, light of what you expected. It did. It underperformed slightly, and that's because the beginning matches were a little rough. And I didn't watch the countdown show, so I didn't see the Brian Myers versus Josh Alexander match, which not expecting a ton from, but I would have liked that on the main card. But the uh, Eric Young group, which violent, I don't mind violent by design as a name. It's not terrible. It's a little too cute. Like, I, it sounds kind of like a, I, I don't even know, violent by design. It sounds like a really bad, like, emo, screamo kind of hardcore band. It doesn't sound like a, like a wrestling, like a wrestling faction, but it's not the worst name. That match was what I expected it to be. Um, yeah, yeah, there was there was a few matches that were kind of duds, and at least the main events, they, they kind of definitely brought up the aggression, they brought up the storytelling, the barbed wire massacre with Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan, two guys were, they're, they're good workers, like, as much as Sammy may get some shit, he's a good worker, he's, he's done good work everywhere he goes, be it Japan, or his little bit of a run in WWE, Lucha Underground, you know, TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call it. He does he does good work, and the main event, as much as I am not a fan of Kenny Omega, I did appreciate what they did. I appreciated the fact that they came out in full Bullet Club gear. They had Bullet Club on the name. Omega came out with a t-shirt, said Bullet Club. It was old Halloween design. They were getting over that Bullet Club dig to Tamatanga real heavy, and it's it probably implies there's some work or some attempted work going on, which that's interesting. So that, that kind of kept my interest. Moose looked like a million fucking bucks. Like he fucking fucking ran circles around almost everybody. He pulled off some great moves, worked well with everybody there when everybody was questioning his loyalty. And he brought up his football career saying, there's guys I didn't like, there's guys I hated. But, you know, for 60 minutes, you're my brother. I'm going to do whatever I can to win that fucking game. But then after that, it's a different story. And Moose Moose hit a beautiful like Spanish fly off the top on Omega. He hit a standing moonsault after doing some tandem work with them. Moose was fucking impressive. Like I I hope they could put the belt on him over Rich at some point cuz Moose I think is really really figured it the fuck out. And Diana Parazzo and uh Taya Valkyrie, not bad. Could have been better. Not bad though, but it was assumed to be Taya's last match and as we saw on the following impact, it was because they wrote her off in a. At least they didn't fucking kill her. Like at least you know they, it was a much clever, much more clever way to write her off. So I'm I'm fine with that. And one of the most divisive matches, which I purposely waited so you could weigh in on this, Chris, because I wanted to make sure you were here with full attention, was the knockouts tag match. Lots of people dogged on it for being not a great work rate match, and it wasn't a wonderful work rate match. But it played into storyline because Faya and Flava had their issues with Havoc and Nevaeh for a while. It circulated into a feud with them and Rosemary and Taya. And it's kind of culminated nicely where the the little chihuahuas, as we both agreed that they kind of were, and even Taya called them that, where they're mouthy and they're spunky, they overcame the bigger monster girls who, you know, known each other, had better chemistry, and it was a nice story. Some of the spots were nice, some of the spots were sloppy, but I liked the way the story kind of came together in total, and the fact that Gail Kim and Madison Rain showed up to 
you kind of inaugurate them with the new titles. That's that's really nice too. Oh, and Madison also officially retired right before the show started on the countdown show. So that that's also that added an interesting weight to the show because you know Madison, whatever you might think of her career, she had a decent career in Impact. She was in the WH inaugural tournament where she did all right. She kind of proved that she figured it out. She had a little bit of a stint in the uh, Performance Center, which she probably helped her. I think she was in one of the May Young Classics, if I remember correctly, but I don't a thousand percent know that. But uh, so Medicine's come on in the last couple of years, and Stryker and D'Lo were a lot better than Josh Matthews and anybody in the last couple of years. So. I'm looking forward to that. They're, they still got their growing pains, but their announced team is definitely better because I'm a big fan of Matt Stryker. But, Chris, any anything strike you as uh, impressive? Anything, a talking point you want to bring up? Yeah, Stryker's a, a great talker, by the way. But uh, number one, shout out to Madison Rain because whatever you, you may think about her, she is a TNA slash Impact OG. So shout out to her. Number two, I feel so validated and vindicated that you have finally come around on Moose because I, you you finally you see what I saw this whole time that we've been doing this show. You I feel like our you, argument you is that I argued that he just didn't get it and I didn't know if he would, and you wanted him to, and you you know that. Don't act like you knew it. You wanted him. Okay. You were willing him, like with the power of positivity or whatever. Like maybe <laughs> the secret. Maybe you like texted it to him somewhere or like sent him a PDF. <laughs> And you were just trying to get over to him. But after his EC3 shit, Moose really fucking figured it out. And I'm so happy he did because he's so fucking good. Like, now that he's figured it out, he is – he should have the belt for, like, I would love Moose. Like, having – Moose having a two-year run as champion, I would eat that up. Moose is fucking good. And as far as Kira Hogan and, and Tasha Steeles – you know, I never accused them of being the uh, the second coming of Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkle at all. You know that 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 and like you said, that's not the character. They're more character driven, and I like great matches just as much as everybody else. But I think one of the problems with uh, your people, the IWC, oh well, their work rate is tra- no, it's not about that. It's never been about that. There's a reason Floyd Mayweather is drawing more money than a combat sport fighter in the history of combat sports combined. You know what I mean? And most people think that his boxing matches are boring. I personally don't because I love to see excellence on display, and I appreciate... Don't act like he's not boring as no, shit. That's like no, watching no, a 6-3 no, football game no, as a defense. No, down. no, no. It's just like, I, I'm going to put it to you like this, man. I used to think golf was boring to watch on television until I actually golfed. And then once you golf, you get an appreciation for what those guys and the, the women can do on the course. It's the same thing because I I, I I took boxing lessons for a little bit. They didn't last very long because I realized I don't like to get hit. I'm cool with sparring and hitting the punching bag and all of that shit, but I don't you like to been, get hit. It would have been fucking great too because you're like 6'2", 125 or something like that. You would have outreached everybody. You would kill all oh, those yeah. kids. Oh, yeah, the beast, and, bro. And, fucking fantastic. What, you, you okay. box featherweight? <laughs> okay. Fuck you, but you're, you're not wrong. I just didn't want to be on these airways talking about that. What the bat did the bat did the war? I didn't want to be that, man. What the bat did the bat did the war? I didn't want to be like that. But, okay. nah, but again, the same type of thing, man. That's why I appreciate what Floyd does. Like, Floyd is really good at 
boxing. I, I truly think he's the GOAT. So I appreciate watching greatness and watching what he does. But getting back to this, everything doesn't have to be a uh, 18-star classic in the Tokyo Dome. They're, they've always been about style over substance, or they've always been about it's everything they've done through this whole run since they've been together. It's all character-driven, so I'm not mad at any of that, and I'm happy that they won. We talk about this. We love them both. Well, you love one, I love the other, but we love them together as well. But <laughs> yes, but that's that they, a good way to put it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I'm but I'm glad they won those titles. Now, getting back to the uh, to the Bullet Club thing, I I, I want to get your your thoughts about that because I know um, our Commander in Chief, Chairshot Greg, get well, brother. We, we love you. He brought up the fact that uh, Rich Homie Swan ate the pin in this match. Is that correct? That is correct. He called uh, Rich Homie Swan a mid-carder, which, as much as I, I hate to admit it because he's black, yeah, that's probably about right. I was happy that they put the title on him because I think he's a super talented guy, but that's probably about right. Um, I don't know. Where, where does this go, man? Do you see a scenario where they hit Rich Homie Swan and Kenny Omega have a title-for-title title match? And then Kenny just goes around sweeping up all this gold in these other ancillary territories not named WWE. I would like it more if Rich dropped it to Moose. And it that would be better to me because watching that match, you see how well Kenny and Moose work together. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Kenny, but when you give Kenny a good person to work with, suddenly the match looks better. Like, he, he is definitely that type of person that needs a good worker to work with to look great. And him and Moose have chemistry. Like, everything they did together was fantastic looking. It was beautiful. And Kenny let him do, like I said, he let him do the Spanish fly. He let him do a couple nice big moves to him to make him look strong before Kenny kind of did the, the power-up comeback with the V-triggers and took out rich swan with the the one wing and, angel, but... and all that goopy shit yeah yeah and all the hand gestures and the, the stupid gesticulation bullshit that he does but like there, there was a lot of nice elements one of my favorite elements of the match was when swan had a pin on omega and you even saw don Callis tried to jump in the ring to break up the pin like it was it's interesting because it shows a level of desperation it shows how much this means to everybody for as much as Omega himself in a match doesn't really work psychology, doesn't really work something like that, all of the following, like all of the surrounding pieces really help to sell the story of the match. And if you get Moose to beat Rich and then Moose to face Kenny Omega, ah, shit, that's a fucking great match. Like, I don't even care who wins, really, because that's going to be a fucking good match and I'd want a rematch. And you know I've not sung Kenny Omega's praises ever, so that that's saying something. Like Moose is who should have the title right now, and I mean the Impact title, not the TNA title. And also shout out to Don Callis. We really have to give this man his flowers. I think he's probably one of the most underrated performers, minds, whatever you want to say. He he belongs in that Jim Cornette, Paul is Heyman. He I think he belongs in that category. He was relevant I, I for like three years, and then he disappeared for like 15. How is that underrated when you're just not involved in the business? Like, th this is a legit question. I'm not just, just splitting hairs either. Like, you saw him as the jackal. You saw him as Cyrus the Virus. That was, what, three or five years? I can't remember. It was the 90s. And then uh, 
you didn't see him again till he was a fucking commentator with New Japan. So like he almost took twenty years off. Like how how can you say he's underrated when he's only been like five years in the business of doing anything relevant? Well, because he was great as the Jackal character on the David Koresh side of the game, and I'm dating myself no, there, I, but that, that was that's a good reference though. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was, right? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he okay, he took some years off, whatever, whatever, came back, excellent commentary in New Japan. Been doing the Lord's work down there in Impact. I know nobody's watching it, but they've been putting on a damn entertaining show since he's been I mean, in the head I, booker. I cover it. I watch it. Come on, why am I nobody? And his, so, his, the problem with his commentary is it's the same. He does he doesn't evolve his commentary ever. He runs down his person he's running cut doing commentary with and makes like '90s dated jokes, and it it gets old. It really gets stale after a while. And I'm assuming I'm, I'm going to disregard that last comment because I just want to finish up my point. Mother and I'm assuming he's the one. <laughs> love you too. But I'm assuming he's the one that brokered this deal between Impact and AEW. And when it first no. happened, you didn't see what? that. Tony Khan was on uh, what Renee's I think interview thing, and he said it was Kenny that pitched the idea. And who pitched it to Kenny? And who pitched it to Kenny? I don't know, but Callis made it work, but Kenny pitched the idea. I don't know if Callis got it in his ear, but if you're going to buy into the invisible hand thing, because you're apparently the kayfabe princess over here right now today, like, if you want to do that, sure. (laughs) Callis has been pulling all the fucking strings. That's exactly what We might have a new title. Puppet Master. (laughs) Kayfabe princess? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Number one, lick lick my balls. I just shaved them, so... you don't have to worry about the hair. Oh, oh, nice damn it. If that wasn't... Did you use cocoa butter or no? Oh, that's a little lengthy. Lick my balls, I just shaved them. That's a really good title, but it might be a little bit too much for the generated <laughs> CG. <laughs> might be the title generation. See, don't say it's a little lengthy, because then that's just going to you know inflate his ego but, and he'll take it somewhere but, else. But from all the counts, <laughs> from all the counts, Jericho said this, Omega also said this, Don Callis was the one that brokered the deal to get Jericho into New Japan. What has Jericho not said? Jericho has been the biggest mark for, like, dementia and just saying shit to pop himself in the last three years that it doesn't fucking matter. Like, is it true? It could possibly be true. But what the fuck is Jericho actually saying of substance, aside from whatever substance he's taking? We're not going to let me finish I mean, are, are you, you done or are you the hell Neither. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. He, Don Callis is the invisible hand because as, as much yeah. as I was looking forward to and excited about this possible collaboration with Impact and AEW, I, to the life of me, I can't see how this thus far has helped AEW whatsoever. I mean, it got them guns and gallows for a bullet club pop. I mean that that's really that's perfect for the people that have actually tuned into AEW. That's the kind of shit they want to see. They want to see that Bullet Club crap. Yeah, but, but let's I put it this way. Let's, let's put it this way. Impact. Yeah, but let's put it this way. If we if if AEW wasn't working with new with Impact right now, we wouldn't be talking about Kenny Omega or the Bullet Club. We would have just t- talked about Hard to Kill. That's it, right? We would haven't been. Or we would have only been talking about Impact, but everybody else is talking about AEW, not talking about Impact. So, 
because we we don't really fall into the same kind of vein as most of the IWC, which blows AEW and just wants everything the best. And Kenny's the cleaner, and he's the best bout machine, and and six stars and seven stars. Yeah, that's such a yeah, small, concentrated no. group of fans, though. Like honestly, I feel like you could take the number of people that tune into AEW every week, add ten percent of that number to itself, and that's the total fandom of AEW, in my opinion. It's a total You're fucking. Not- it's a total fucking we're louder, so we're right, and it's just stupid. But that that kind of what I think I brought up a week or two ago, and Chris has probably said something very similar. But his his number was smaller when he was basically saying they're just going to attract the same two hundred thousand fans, which you said like a year or two ago. But I was saying that Kenny Kenny's fans are like that eight hundred thousand that migrate with him, so that pops everybody else's number by nearly a million, and they think he's a draw because his fans are that loyal and that diehard that they will go to Impact, AAA, you know, wherever the fuck he goes, they'll go. So it looks good on paper, and it inflates an ego, and it inflates a narrative that people want to spout off. I will not disagree with you that Impact needs AEW more than AEW needs Impact, specifically for the reason you just talked about. Yes. But at the same time, I think AEW is benefiting way more than Impact is. I think Impact had their own thing going, and we're growing, and AEW was kind of stale, and this is really helping them out. It's You bring up an interesting perspective. And, you know, Chris, I want you to weigh, on this, weigh in on this too, because AEW's got the bigger brand, viewer-wise. But that's a good point, that they've been kind of treading water and been in that same number where Impact has been on an upward trajectory since at least Slammiversary when they got the Good Brothers and all that other stuff. So do you see it as a two-way street, or do you still basically see it as Impact is reaping all the benefits and AEW's not really getting much, like some people are saying? Yeah, I feel like Impact is reaping all the benefits at this point in time. Because, I mean, what has it really done to spike AEW numbers? The last time they really spiked a number was when Sting debuted, and they did 900,000. And then the next time he was there, the next week, it went down. And then the week after that, he was on there, and it went down again. So, I, yeah, I feel like this was a spike for Impact, which is why I was trying to give Don Callis all the props in the world, because I feel like he's the, the melon farmer that brokered this whole thing. I think he's the mastermind pulling these strings. And, I mean, when's the last time... We talked about impact to this depth and to this length. I mean, that has to mean something, right? I mean, also, when's the last time that you know? I might, I may be a little wrong in my number, but when's the last time we had like five weeks in a row where you you saw some uh, black wrestlers main event the uh, the TV and the pay per views and stuff like that? Like Im- impact. Not been... since The Rock was there every week. But you know what I'm getting at. Like, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with everybody. you. Everybody. Yes. They had private party in there this week because, you know, they did the AEW crossover where more AEW people came over. You know, Rich Swan, Moose, Willie Mack was in, Chris Bay's been in the main events. Like, talking about, you know, diversity and all that other stuff. Like, Impact is doing a lot when it comes down to that because, you know, love him or hate him, and he's very easy to hate. TJP's Filipino, you know. Sue Young, Japanese, the Susan character, which this Susan's adorable. Like I love the fact that she found a way to reinvent an undead bride from the whole childlike fucking innocence of Susie to now she is literally the embodiment of a middle-aged woman. She is Karen 
her name is just Susan. <laughs> like, she was filming on her fucking cell phone at some point, the ref kicking her out and the other people hitting her. And she posted it on Twitter the same way a Karen would post somebody, like, yelling at her because she cut them off or something like that. This is great work from Sue Young. And it's it's just really nice to see all of the younger talent and the diversity in talent and it's actually diverse because they're good characters and not diverse because that's the agenda they're pushing as their brand and it's 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 just nice and I also, I'll give AEW a little bit of credit they did wonderful on Impact with the fact that they brought Jerry Lynn in as a ringer against Impact and Matt Hardy as a ringer against Impact to run them down because they're both two former big entities from Impact TNA and they worked to fuck them over. I thought that was just really, really well done, no matter how much I dislike Tony Khan or Kenny Omega. So just to put a bow on this topic so we can move on, man, I, I just want to say it sucks when you think about Impact, and I'm not saying everything Impact does or touches is gold, but it sucks when you think about Impact, you think about MLW, you think about even Ring of Honor reinventing themselves. Yeah. The the NWA, which I don't know what's about to happen with that. It's die. such that these are the companies that are doing the most innovative things in wrestling right now. But nobody's watching them. That sucks. Poignant. <clears throat> All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we are going to hit one more topic from Hard to Kill, and we're going to continue to talk Impact Wrestling. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Nothing like a good segue and a dance break, folks. Mortal Kombat, indeed. Andrew, why don't you set this one up for everybody? Because this story with Ethan Page and what's going on in Impact Wrestling is oh, oh, so tasty and gossipy and juicy. And let's take that big piece of French bread 
dip it right in the serving dish and soak up all the wrestling gossip au jus that is Ethan Page, Mortal Kombat, and Impact Wrestling. Let me just say that that, that was that was well worded. I like the uh, like the wrestling au jus. I like I liked all of that. That was nice. But um, let me just say that Ethan, no, not even Ethan, Julian, because he likes to put his Twitter as you know Ethan Page played by Julian. Julian disappointed me on this whole situation because he comes off like a whiny fucking Mark and thinking about this I have I have developed in my head why he may have done this but let, let me just just frame the whole situation so <clears throat> he's crying about the karate man versus Ethan page cinematic gimmick green screen whatever you want to call it like that 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 thing that match that whatever it was that segment he's crying that he didn't have editing like final say in the edit process it was done in november he feels that his youtube version was better and he feels like his fans got cheated and it was done in a high school kind of cheap way and then he kind of cries about how he didn't want to put karate man on tv but impact kind of strong-armed him into bringing the character out of his youtube world into impact's world that's it's not sour grapes it's complete bitch shit and here's my reason for what we saw there was a Liu kang from mortal kombat bicycle kick moment a dragon ball z level power up and it ends with Karate Man pulling out Ethan Page's heart. Where, in the blue fuck, does anybody with a brain and sense beyond third grade humor think that that should ever be portrayed seriously? You're pulling out a motherfucker's heart. How can you not make that into a giant fucking joke of a segment? How can you sit there on some fucking downy fucking soap? box and fucking go I would have made it more serious because I think my my fans wanted a serious portrayal of a fight of one person against themselves retard you pulled out your own fucking heart to kill yourself and write yourself off of impact and karate man wins this is also coming off of talking shopamania 2 where all you did was punch dudes in the fucking nuts and then say more torture and had more people come out to punch and stomp on nuts you are not a serious character your your karate man gimmick is not a serious character none of this should be taken seriously you pulled out a man's heart that is not serious in the world of wrestling what retard playlist playland McDonald's fucking playland do you live in that Fatality. You that should have been taken seriously in high school 101 in my play class I would have told everybody this is like Shakespeare this needs to be done with a straight face and just super serious because it'll be funnier no it's dumb and it was good because it was dumb and it was emphasized to the stupid degree I enjoyed the Mortal Kombat references and the anime references and the get him a body bag Johnny kind of karate kid thing because it was stupid 
because it was that level of stupid that you expected from a person fighting themselves in front of a bad green screen. All right, Chris, you get to weigh <laughs> in now. I think I'm done. Yeah, all, all, everything you said sounds goofy as fuck. But uh, this, I don't see how this is any different from anybody that leaves WWE and then out the door they buried the company. You know, that's just what just what this is. The only difference is he didn't go on Jericho's podcast. He didn't talk to Chris Van Vliet. He didn't talk to Meltzer and and uh, my one-sided feud mortal enemy Brian Alvarez on the Observer <laughs> to bury WWE. But this sounds like the, the exact same shit. But the scene that you just described, I'm just thinking to myself, do professional wrestlers get buns anymore? Is, is that why they're out here taking advantage of, of underage girls and, and, and young ladies that are trying to get into the business so they're trying to use whatever itty-bitty little stroke they have to pressure them into sexual favors is is that what's happening now? Is that is that where we're at? Professional athletes don't know how to get pussy anymore. Where, what what type of world are we living in, dude? I don't know. I really don't. And and here just because I I alluded to it in the beginning where I I almost thought of an angle this could be but leading we're to. We're not doing and that. then we <laughs> could maybe extrapolate so, on this a little bit because of the way that Matt Hardy came in and Jerry Lynn came in as insiders almost, you know, betraying the company and running down gimmicks from the past. Like when Hardy said something along the lines of, yeah, and we lost the titles because of some stupid teleportation thing. I don't even understand what the time and space thing. Like he totally ran down the broken universe and the way they kind of dropped the titles there. And Jerry Lynn screwed them over when he was such a mainstay in the X division. This feels like Ethan Page could just be setting up to sign with AEW and then be used in this war co uh, collaboration no, crossover no, it, whatever you want to call war. it. This is a no, skirmish. No, 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 no. I, it's a yes, skirmish. skirmish. Okay, yes, skirmish collaboration crossover takeover whatever. I was I was just going through different words at the moment. Ethan Page could use this as his angle to ingratiate himself to AEW and then turn himself against TNA Impact because of the simple fact that, well, they did him dirty going out because obviously the Karate Man was such a serious gimmick of a character because when you're known as the Karate Man and you do every gimmicky karate thing and you kind of overdub yourself in old fucking, you know, kung fu flick kind of way where your lips keep moving and yet words keep coming out even though your lips are still moving. <laughs> you know, that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, you're a serious character that deserves to serious consideration and better editing, right? You might be right. Maybe that's what he's setting up. But the problem is nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares what you do, Ethan. And no disrespect, you're a talented guy, but nobody cares. No, you're you. Yeah, I I, I, I I don't really know what else to say from there, man. I I know everybody kind of paused and were waiting to waiting for me to elaborate, but what else can I say? Nobody cares. Yeah, let me throw this one out then, because I did listen to uh, our wonderful Commander in Chief Greg Demarco's show, which got renamed to Babyface Heel Podcast, and they basically said that he fucked themselves over. He fucked himself over to NXT 
by playing sour grapes and bitch roll by doing that kind of thing and he basically just screwed himself out of playing ball with Triple H because they saw that you know if he's going to act that way leaving Impact because who the fuck watches Impact what's going to happen if he doesn't like something that you know NXT or WWE gives him so did he literally just fuck himself out of New York and he's only got Jacksonville as an answer you, you know what, Andrew? I'm glad you brought that up, and shout-out to our commander-in-chief, Greg DeMarco, because this gives Uncle Chris an opportunity to give some game to the youngsters out there. If oh, good. I'll pour up, myself another drink. You have fun. Keep talking. Go for it. If you talk shit, if you're, you know, you break up with your girl, or whatever the case may be, and you talk shit to the next girl about your ex-girl, that's a bad look. Because that, number one, well, what were you doing with her? Number two, that shit makes you look petty. Like, men don't do that. If it don't work out, it don't work out. Like, men don't do that. And I think that's similar to what DeMarco was trying to say. Like, if you're going to bury them out the door, your ex-company, well, what's going to happen if you're unhappy here? And, you know, we ended up parting ways. How's that going to work? It makes you look like a bitch, which, frankly, Andrew, that's how you started this entire segment. It makes him look like a bitch. And men don't want to play with bitches, man. And quite frankly... I use that word bitch very liberally because I know way more male bitches than I know female bitches. I don't really know that many female bitches. So most bitches in the world are men. Let's just keep it a buck and a half on that. Can we agree on that? Most bitches in the world are men. Yeah, yeah. totally. And like, you sound like can a bitch. Be bitchy, but it's going to Let's go to Christopher Platt. Live in the field, he's made a discovery. Christopher. Uh. Yeah, I feel like Andrew had summarized it up great. We didn't need any of that, but thank you, Tony, for trying to contribute. <laughs> Thanks for that report, Chris. I agree. Most men are bitches. What? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> you saved it at the end. Good job. I know, but only but only visually, and it's a shout-out to uh, Bill Hader from Saturday Night Live. Playing the old guy reporter. He grabbed the microphone and he'd be like, Yeah, back to you. <laughs> and I mean it you know, it's different if you had some stroke or you had some pull, you know, or some leverage. You know what I mean? It's different, but most people don't even know who you are, bro. Yeah, you he's out here talking shit. Fitness, which ain't shit. No. No. Yeah. There we go. So Ethan Page's whole complaint. It ain't shit, because he's a bitch. That, that's and, topic four. Let's go to topic five now. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Advice? Chris, go ahead. Finish it off. <laughs> they, they got about 50-11 of you down in NXT 50-11. And half of them can't even get TV time out of right ass now. Today. So you, you might have just fucked yourself. True. All right, here we go. Topic five.
right, gentlemen, it's been too long. Chris and I are foaming at the mouths here to argue about Brooklyn Nets basketball. I don't want to rush into this topic, but speaking of power trios, let's talk about the newly formed power trio of James Harden, Kevin Durant, and once again, back to basketball, Mr. Kyrie Irving. Christopher Platt, the floor is yours, sir. So I've said this on Three Man Weave. I believe I drunkenly said it on these airwaves last week as well. This can work. From a basketball standpoint, this trio can work. And I remember, and it pisses me off because I, I read somewhere that Chris Broussard said the exact same thing I said like two months ago while recording Three Man Weave, which is the way this is going to work is that James Harden is going to have to be the facilitator for this team which is the same role that he took on when he was in Oklahoma City with Kevin Durant and and uh Russell Westbrook I always mix Russell Westbrook and Russell Wilson up but I said it right this time but it's the same thing yes he was the sixth man yes he came off the bench but at the end of the games and in the fourth quarters he was the facilitator and Russell Westbrook slid over to the off guard position this is going to work very similar Number one, Kevin Durant is probably the most efficient scorer in the history of the NBA. I mean, if you, and his game-wise, if if Dirk Nowitzki had a baby with Iceman George Gervin, that child, that offspring would be Kevin Durant. And you can roll your eyes all you want to, Tony, but if you think about what I'm saying, it makes perfectly good fucking sense. I didn't roll my eyes. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it. Okay, we'll keep thinking. So I'm gonna keep talking, but you keep thinking. Sounds about right. It's close. But it, yeah, yeah, but he's just no, super. That's not bad, actually. George Gervin. Yeah. George Gervin, I think, at his current age, still has more coverage than Kevin Durant, and so does Dirk Nowitzki. But move on. We're talking only basketball, he's not about hair. His hair. Yeah, we're not talking about hair. We're talking about basketball. Okay, okay. But I mean, he's just super efficient, man. He can get you 30 points off of 12 shots. That that's how efficient yeah. he is. And and I mean, okay. Kyrie, every now and again, you're just going to have to throw him the ball and let him do his thing. He's going to have to ISO and just do his thing. That's just what it is. But James Harden is going to be the facilitator. And I know the argument it is, you know, you got two ball-dominant guys. Who's more ball-dominant than LeBron James? And Kyrie Irving won a title with LeBron James. And that was the exact formula. LeBron is going to facilitate the offense and do what he does. And every now and again, if he needs a blow or whatever the case may be, you just throw the ball to Kyrie and let him go do his thing. And I think that's how this is going to work. And frankly, I, I, I'm they're they're going to meet the Lake Show in the finals this year, folks. And I know people are going to have some uh, questions defensively. So DeAndre Jordan is going to have to step up because he's the big, and he's going to have to defend. He's going to have to protect the rim and rebound. I think Kevin Durant can help him out with that as well. But lowest on the lowest of lowest of keys, the last few years, James Harden has been playing much better defense. The problem is the only two people on the face of the planet that have recognized it are Skip Bayless and myself. Now, you know, on ball, maybe not, but he's going to play. He's going to basically play like free safety in the NFL. He's going to be lurking. He's going to get steals and disrupt things. Kyrie, yeah, he's not going to play D. But that yeah, being no. said, yeah, he's not going to play D. But that being said, man, in an anemic, an, an anemic East, which every single team that has an opportunity has a fatal flaw, I don't see a reason why this Brooklyn Net team cannot go to the finals. 
I, I think they will. You and him were were chomping at the bit. You want to weigh in first? Well, I'll tell you where you're right. You look at the stats from the first game tonight, 25 field goal attempts for Durant, 28 for Irving. So, yeah, I mean, he's bringing up the ball. He's going to get him where he's going to get him. And I'm okay with that. If you're going to go 15 for 28, if you're going to score 37 points on 28 shots, that's great. Right? Yeah, that's not but they lost. And why did they lose? Is because they're not they're not deep. I mean, when Reggie Perry, the rookie, is your only backup for the for the, you know, the front court, you're in trouble. I mean, DeAndre Jordan can't play 30 some minutes every night. I know they're on back to back. He played like 20 some minutes tonight, but double overtime loss to Cleveland tonight. Now granted, what you're saying is correct. The shot attempts are going to go mainly to Durant and Kyrie. James Harden is going to be that guy that's looking for a triple-double every night, just like he did tonight. The thing the Nets have working for them is their three stars are three of the best free-throw shooters in the entire league. They're going to have the ball, you can't follow them, and you can't guard them. The problem is they have no depth, especially up front. And when it comes playoff time, that's going to be a struggle when you're going to have to go through teams in the East that have very good big guys. Bam Adebayo, Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you don't have multiple people to throw at these guys, that's going to be a problem. So, okay, so let's start with Philly. They're looking schizophrenic again, and Doc well, has a They won long tonight, and, and Bede had 42. And Doc has and, a long and tomorrow season. tomorrow he'll have eight. Like, Embiid is hot and cold. And, and Doc has a long season to get to whip those uh, Mellon Farmers into shape and see what they we'll see what they're going to be at the end of the season. But right now they're looking like the same schizophrenic Philly team. True. Miami, I think they're going to suffer from the quick turnaround. You know, they were just playing October and now we're right back in December. I think ultimately as the season progresses, they're going to start to wear down. Who else we got? Boston, their big abatross is Kimba Walker. That team is going to go as far as Jason Tatum takes him. He's the best player on that team. He needs to step up and be the man. Kimba, he's flawed. Plus, he's damaged goods. He's not healthy anymore. So that that's that's what's going to set them back. Millie Walker, Tony, I love you. I love that team. I love the Drew Holiday edition. But you saw the game versus New Jersey a couple of days ago. What happened? Giannis took one shot in the last five minutes. And then on the last play of the game, the reigning defending MVP was a decoy for your third best player in Chris Middleton. That's a bad look. I mean, who else is out there? The problem who else is out east, right? But you're—I think you're missing the problem though with Milwaukee. And and the thing is, is we talked about it before. And I'm gonna, and I'm looking it up right now. It's why kind of why I'm pausing, but. Giannis went 6 of 8 from the free throw line that night, but he went 1 of 10 the night before. It's a guy you can't count on from the free throw line, and they're forcing him to take a 25 to 30-foot shot for a three-pointer. And instead of Giannis going downhill when they give him that much space to run into the lane, he's settling for those shots. And honestly, Chris Middleton had no time to take that shot. He is the guy that on that team that you want with the ball at the end. He is your first best option to score with that little time and it was a good look I mean he ain't trying to look and see if Giannis is cutting from the top of the key when he is trying to get his feet set behind the three-point line to take a shot over two guys I, I don't if Giannis is mad about that well then go home 
count your coins and, and, and take a break because you ain't got nothing to be mad about, right? I mean, it's so early in the season. I don't expect anybody to run away with any number one seeds this year. But I'll tell you that the, the teams that are good, it, you're going to see the Bucks in the conference finals this year, and it's going to be against the Nets. And you're going to see the Lakers in the finals against one of those two teams. Bottom line. That's the way the NBA story is going to unfold this year. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm still interested to see what Doc can do with Philly. But as of right now, yeah, I agree with everything you said. We just, the only difference, the only where we differ is who's going to come out of that Nets-Bucks series. Right. That's it. Well, the problem for the Bucks is they're not as good as they were last year. They're not. You don't think so? No, I don't. I really you, don't. You, I think depth-wise, so, I think depth-wise especially, I don't think defensively they're as good with the second unit as they used to be last year with guys like okay, Hill and Lopez. I mean, yeah. I think if you look at the differential with their bench this year, and I know it's early, but that's kind of what I see. I see a big-time lack of defense when Giannis and Brooke Lopez are out of the game. I mean, I like Bobby Portis Jr. as a scorer but it doesn't seem like he's really getting the job, especially done transitionally, getting back on defense. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. You might not have the depth, but I still think that Drew Holiday is an upgrade. Can we at least agree on that? He's an upgrade over um, Oh, when you look at uh, Bledsoe. Definitely. Definitely, but we also also lost Wesley Matthews, so you look at that as well, right? So, like, if you say, okay, we got that much – yeah, but at the same time, that's the difference between Matthews getting 20 to 25 minutes and DiVincenzo coming off the bench and solidifying that second unit as opposed to being a starter right now. But we had this argument back in the summertime because you talked about Milwaukee's depth, and I brought up the fact that when it comes playoff time, those benches get hella small, man. And most teams are only going eight, maybe nine deep if they get in foul trouble. Well, right now a lot of teams are you know the deeper you get the playoffs. No, I understand. Right now a lot of teams are playing twelve to fourteen guys a game, which isn't crazy when you look at the box score. But definitely, I agree with you. When you get down to playoff time, if if you ain't in there uh, giving a positive contribution, you're not going to be in there for very long. Yeah, and you're going to see a lot of guys go you know twelve, fourteen, fifteen deep this season because of the quick turnaround. So they're going to try to keep you know their their main players as fresh as they possibly can. So. This is going to be an interesting season, and there's a lot of interesting stories and a lot of things that I'm watching. It's funny. I think the Nets are my new team that I'm fascinated to watch. Every year, I I have a team that is my favorite to watch. Last year, I was fascinated by uh, Portland uh, the year before that, and I think two years before that, it was Philly. I think this year is the Nets. I'm just fascinated by what they got going on. Steve Nash, how great he's going to be as a coach, that remains to be seen. He did bring on Mike D'Antoni onto his staff, which was a hell of a pickup because D'Antoni is one of the best NBA minds of the last 30 years. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. but he, Yeah, he's, a, he's an innovator, and he's a good mind. Plus, he's a guy they got hard now. He's a guy that, as far as I know, has a pretty good relationship with James Harden as well, so that's going to behoove them. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Andrew, Andrew, do you thoughts? have any thoughts? Hey, I'm just happy that the Bulls are almost 500, 14 games into the season. They're 6-8. and eight. They, they put up a good fight. Zach Levine looks Zach really Levine. good. Yeah, I'm very underrated yeah. player. See, I can talk words about basketball. Boom, boom. I do the score, the J, hit the boom, boom, 3-2-1, boom, free throw. Thank you. Andrew's like, yeah, he passes the ball to the man, and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ooh, mic drop. I make a point. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm very much a a person of my team. So like the Bulls haven't been relevant really, so I I kind of check out a little. But I agree that the Nets are interesting. Granted, I thought the Clippers were more interesting last year than Portland, but I've always loved Carmelo. I loved Carmelo when he was on the uh, the Nuggets when he had Chauncey Billups as his point guard and they actually actually have really good chemistry and Chauncey doesn't get enough credit as a good facilitator and a great kind of fucking teammate and you know Melo Melo on the Blazers almost made a run you know Butler on the the Heat that was nice what they did last year but I I think they overshot what their their real potential was so I don't think it's going to be the quick turnaround I think it's just they're going to get checked into where they belong and they're like a second third round kind of team in the east i don't think they're they're really a a finals contender but yeah bucks have been good but for some reason Giannis can't really pull it off or he doesn't have the pieces around him to really pull off a a, a game because no I'm, I'm not trying to dog on your team because i know it's your team but like it's just the last two years they were almost crowned before the playoff starts and then they have a complete fucking meltdown so if we assume they're going to have like some kind of breakdown again, the Nets have to be the team that picks up the slack in the East because Boston, I don't know, they're inconsistent. And who, who really else? Philly. Philly's a fucking joke. Like if Philly makes eight or seven, I'll be impressed. But like Embiid. Oh, no. Philly at least be three or four, man. I don't know. At like, the end of the year, yeah, like, it'll be at least three. I, I make the joke, but it's not too far off. Like if Embiid had 40 tonight, he will have eight tomorrow. Like, he is so hot and cold, it's not fucking funny. Like, unless he can figure out some consistency in his game, like, Philly is kind of like... They remind me of the Atlanta Hawks from a couple years ago, where one game they'll win by 20, and the next game they'll lose by 30. Like, it's just... It's what the fuck are you guys doing? Well, that's going to happen this year, coming off of a very short offseason, et cetera, et cetera, kind of a compacted season where they're playing less games. Years, I understand. Here, I want to backtrack real quick and, and finish it out like this because, you know, I've, I've said this before, and we talk about the Bucks and getting over the hump. It's been trying to get over that loss to Toronto in the conference championship uh, when you're up 2 to nothing. It's trying to get over the fact that the team probably that benefits the most or in the top five in the NBA as far as having a crowd behind them is the Milwaukee Bucks to be honest with you. Probably didn't help sure. them in the playoffs last year, and I'm not making excuses. I'm the first one to come out and tell you where the shortcomings are of this team. But, Chris, did I not say that there's one thing they should have done instead of getting Drew Holiday? I say you take whatever you need to take to package it up and you send it to wherever you need to send it so that you can draft LaMelo Ball. Would LaMelo and Giannis not look really, really fucking good right now? I told y'all that kid was going to be good, and and I think I was absolutely fucking right. Well, I mean, Ray Charles could see that he was going to be good. He's dude, blind Ray, and dead. I when know, I used to work for a parcel, was a mess when he went over to China the first time with the stealing and all that other crap. So like, no, no, that's the different brother. Different brother. That is that's a different. The, one? That's, that's Leangelo. Yeah, that's the middle brother. Yeah, I that's the middle both, boy. I thought Le- they both had. No, Leangelo's the one that went to USC and then fucked up when they went over into Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Awesome. And they've been saying it for years that uh, the the young boy that was the one, and he's proven it thus far. He's he's an exciting game to watch, man. I, hell, why else would I be watching Charlotte games for God's sake? Youngest ever to for a triple double, I believe. Yeah. Plus the fact that he did play overseas for a couple of years, man. You know, it's the same reason guys like uh like uh, my man in Dallas or even a uh, Ricky Rubio, why they can come into the league and have an immediate impact. Because unlike the silly rules that they have over here, man, you can go overseas, man, 16, 17 years old, and you're playing against grown-ass men. So you're used to playing against grown men and playing professional basketball. And that behooves you. And it, it gives you kind of a leg up when you go to the NBA, especially this year. Because I'm assuming he was still able to play overseas, man, where a lot of these college kids that are coming in now – they haven't played organized basketball since what March, February, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was a little bit before the Mar- March Madness tournament that they kind of locked everything down. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, before the whole world went to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, any any last basketball thoughts? Do you do you even know what basketball is? Can you touch the net still in your old age, in your advancing I, years? He's so. tall hey, enough to just touch it without jumping. I think. I, I, I say that's the beauty of being like six four is that I don't have to try to touch the net. So it, it's like you know Sean Bradley. She just put his hands up and he could dunk. It's that same kind of concept. So I'm I happy don't, about that. I don't think I could get the rim right now. I keep forgetting Andrew's the biggest melon farmer on this podcast, man. Like there's no small guys on this podcast, but Andrew's like the biggest melon farmer on this podcast by a mile. It's not even close, man. <laughs> Did you yeah, see? Like said, did you see what Bulls was it? Keep going decent. If the Bulls keep doing decent, I'm gonna actually start paying a little more attention because I wasn't sure about the Levine trade when they did that at what a couple years ago now. Because I don't know, COVID's got me all fucked up on when they made that trade. But like, I wasn't sure because he was just a dunk guy. He was flashy because he was like always finalist or won the dunk contest kind of thing. But he didn't really do anything else. So I, I, I didn't know really what his gimmick was. And like, he's he's coming off as a really good team player everybody's really doing well around him and he's putting up good fucking numbers so like i'm i'm not gonna argue about it so if the bulls stay relevant i i may i may be able to not mistake this for that movie from the late 90s basketball because you know I, I i thought you still got to make fun of people at the foul line you had to round third and then you you know you could you know maybe maybe do a pickoff play at shortstop before you could shoot the field goal so like i don't know We'll we'll see. So like it's it's not basketball, it's basketball. So it's gonna be interesting. Maybe I'll pay more attention. So shout out to NBA legend and former Laker Marquise Johnson. Uh, PC Tunney has up on the screen right now Marquise dunking a basketball on his 60th birthday. So I now have a new challenge. In about two weeks, I'm going to come up on my 40th birthday. And I'm going to attempt to see if I can still dunk a basketball. Stretch first. I'm def- I'm going to stretch for like three and a half hours. <laughs> Do some hot yoga or some shit like that. Yeah. Like... DDPY, baby. There we go. A lot, and of, I'm not recording a lot of icy hot. I'm not going to have myself out here looking like an asshole. Now, th- this is the problem. It's a lot easier to dunk in an indoor arena as opposed to the hardwood, you know, on, on a playground or something like that. It's just, it's a lot easier no, the way that the indoor arenas are set up. It's easier to dunk off of wood, is what you're trying yes. to say. Yes, you have the spring. Yeah, yes. You have a little bit of the spring there. Yeah. 
Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree 100%. That's why if I never like be one of them itty bitty basketballs too like at Chuck E. Cheese that <laughs> you win with so many tokens. It's not going to be, be a regulation ball. You going to dunk a golf ball? I'm going to dunk a golf ball. Yes. You you, you can't palm a, a basketball ball. anymore. What the fuck is your problem? You can't palm it? I've never been able to palm it, man. I have little hands for my size. My hands are very small. I was about to say, because, like you just said, nobody here is short. So, like, that's I yeah. thought you'd at least be able to palm the ball. No, I can't palm a basketball. The only time I was able to palm a basketball was in my prime when I used to walk around with those little grip things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, hella yeah. grip. Yeah, that was it. Oh, but yeah. just regular? No, I can't palm a basketball, man. My hands are too small. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Tony, can you palm a basketball? I don't know. I well, I haven't played basketball in four years. I retired. I well, I can't retire. I retired from basketball when I was thirty-five. <laughs> it's not like your hands retire and get smaller. Can you fucking palm a basketball, motherfucker? <laughs> I was getting. I was getting there. I don't know anymore. Jesus, when I was thirty, when <laughs> when I was thirty-five, I could still yes. You probably still can then. Your hands don't get smaller. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done it. tried to do it in four years. Oh, fair enough. Okay, I get you. It is a oh, strength that, thing, no. though. It is a strength thing, though, unless you're like Shaq or something. Yeah. yeah. It's also space. You can, you can jerry-rig it with some spacing and just kind of... You can. It depending on how I big your a, hands are. Yes. I had a buddy who... <laughs> one of my best friends growing up. He would pour soda on his hands before every basketball game. Oh, so he, the ball would stick to his hands. That's Dude, actually kind of smart. Yep. That's pretty yeah, clever. Yeah. Ne- never yeah. gave him one single high five during any game. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. That being said, Mr. Belaz, why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you so we can get up out of here. You can find me on the Twitter at IWC War Chief and on thechairshot.com covering impact because you know we, we we covered that fairly in depth and i don't scream as much when i type so that that helps and uh you know new new japan maybe a little bit of wwe AEW pay-per-view if it pops up depending just never roh we've been over this never fucking roh fuck ring of honor Why? so what? uh yeah, it's not yeah, good you know, right what, now, what but you don't that? have to sports, fuck them. Sports entertainment and sports and entertainment, or we're, we're sports and <laughs> so entertainment. So the pause, sports. Like I know you're smart. I know you're a smart guy. You take a pause, and and I I I do the pause while I pause while I'm sporting sports sports. Yeah, entertaining. Yeah, chair shot, do yes. anything. Asshole. Anyway, <laughs> Chris. I, I think he said words there, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what those words were, but perhaps one of y'all can decipher them. Mr. Tunney, where can if they find you? If you decipher it with the wonderful balls decoder ring, you will get a secret message, which will give you a wonderful prize at the end of the show. Yeah, drink more opal tea. Mr. Tunney, where can they find you? Yeah. And knowing is half the battle. Now that we're done reliving a Christmas story. Um, and yes, drink more Ovaltine. It's delicious. Chocolatey and also good. Uh, my name is PC Tunney. You can find me at PC Tunney right there on the Twitter. That should direct you everywhere you need to know. I want to appreciate and thank everybody that's been listening and tuning into everything on the Chairshot Radio Network and especially the rebooted, revamped Chairshot Radio. I really do appreciate that. And uh, hopefully more big things to come as we continue moving onward and upward 
at thechairshot.com. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment, Andrew. Everything Tony just what? said. I said the words. I, I said words. The pause is close. the comma. You can't. No, the pause makes me sound drunk. It's like inflection. You know, sports. Yeah, it's the pause. Entertainment. Exactly. The sports. pause always gets me. Not, it's not the, raping not the fifth me. Yak. Not the fifth of yak. It's the pause, ladies and gentlemen. In case you were wondering. Yeah, it's the pause. It's the, I fucking blame the pause. Let me blame the fucking pause. Stop it. <laughs> so you, you all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plat. But more importantly, again, if you if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the Chair Shot, the best way to continue or make sure we continue to provide that content, I'm fucking this all the way up. Bottom line is, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the Chair Shot and pick up an official Chair Shot T-shirt. Again. I'm going to reiterate it because I fucked it up the first time. If you appreciate the content that we provide day in and day out here at The Chair Shot, the best way to make sure and continue that we continue to provide that content day in and day out that you love so much because we know you, we are your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude is by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and spend 20 bucks on a t-shirt. It's 20 fucking bucks, man. You spend 20 bucks every day of your life. Why not spend 20 bucks with us, man, to make sure we can get out here and keep doing what we do? Please and thank you, thank you, and please remember thechairshot.com. We're not just a website, folks. We're a movement. For Warren G. Hardy, a.k.a. Andrew Belaz, <laughs> for Bill Belichick, a.k.a. Mr. PC Tunney, really good I'm Swiss Beats. I'm Swiss Beats, a.k.a. Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition of Pod is War. We'll be back next week, same plat time, same plat channel. Until then, shalom. Hit it, Carly.